0: Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding recovery podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode.
1: Hey, guys, buddy. See, happy Thanksgiving. Glad to have Kate and Marla and Craig and Paul this morning. Everybody got big Thanksgiving plans today. I know, Marla, you're traveling. Paul stayed home. I stayed home. How about you, Kate?
2: My sister came and picked me up and took me to my mom's house, so I am there already.
1: Hopefully that was not against your will. You didn't sound too much like uh... <laughs> No, it was nice of
2: her. It was good.
1: Okay. All right. I, I was the jury was out on that the way you sounded. It did not sound <laughs> like it was like it might have been at a point of a gun or something. I didn't know. I just we need to send no, it was kind to, of her. to you. Do I? It was kind of her. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And we got Tina popping in. Good to have you, Tina. Oh, hey, Omar. How are hey. you this morning, sir?
3: Doing quite well. Happy Thanksgiving,
1: everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Hola. Kate, are you ready to read for us, ma'am? I am. All right. I'll share the screen. Proceed at your pleasure. All right.
2: I will start with the first translation. The Tao is an empty vessel. It is used but never filled. Oh, unfathomable source of 10,000 things. Blunt the sharpness. Untangle the knot. Soften the glare. Merge with dust. Oh, hidden deep, but ever present. I do not know from whence it comes. It is the forefather of the gods. Second translation. The Tao is like a well, used but never used up. It is like the eternal void, filled with infinite possibilities. It is hidden, but always present. I don't know who gave birth to it. It is older than God. Third translation, the Tao is like an empty container. It can never be emptied and can never be filled. Infinitely deep, it is the source of all things. It dulls the sharp, unties the knotted, shades the lighted, and unites all of creation with dust. It is hidden but always present. I don't know who gave birth to it. It is older than the concept of God. And the final translation? How much Tao is there? More than you'll ever need. Use all you want. There's plenty more where that came from. You can't see DAO, but it's there. Damn if I know where it came from. It's just always been around.
1: Alright. Thank you, Kate. I'll put the link in the chat if you guys want to pull it up on your computer to follow thoughts it seems
4: like it's talking much about nature in and of itself nature God the universe creation
1: you know the difference in this one he does not give us a solution like a promise at the end you know like you've got you know this is what you don't do and if you do the right things this is what's going to happen None of that. This is all about this idea of being empty, not knowing, um, that it's this, um, it's like a well that's never used up, um, it's it's an empty vessel that can never be filled. In other words, it's, um, um. It's in its emptiness that makes it useful. And how can we look at that and learn to be empty ourselves? You know, how can we, um, how can we be empty enough of ourselves that we work in the same way that, that the Tao itself works? How can, how can we assimilate into nature? How can we do the same thing? Because we're part of this Tao. Right. We're part of this nature, this idea of emptiness. Um, And it's interesting, some of the the characteristics, because it, you know, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. Right. So all this is, is describing in an incomplete way what this power of the universe is in my thinking. So there's several things about this that came to mind. Y'all just inter- you interrupt me when you have something. Um, this idea that, well, let me read. Let me read my, my other translation first because this really, this really had some good things about this too. Um, the Tao is like this. Is the uh, Tao Te Ching definitive edition? Jonathan Starr. He says the Tao is an empty vessel yet when put into operation or poured out of its emptiness. So its strength is its emptiness. That reminds me of the uh, uh, first Corinthians with Paul's thorn. The weaker I get, the stronger I become, right? The same kind of concept that it's not about learning sobriety. Let's say we're talking about sobriety and how how the powerlessness aspect of sobriety and how, you know, we know that we're not empty and then we learn and then, okay, God, you've showed me twice. I'll take it from there. That's not how sobriety works, right? The, the emptier we get, (laughs) we learn that we never have the solution within ourselves. It's all about this surrender and this powerlessness and approaching everything in life from the idea that I don't know that I do not have the solution because we learn that if we think we know, what does it say? If we think we know, we've lost it. We no longer know. We do not know if we think we know. So it's that whole idea of stopping thinking and ending your problems of coming at everything in life from a point of uh, surrender, really. I think that's the same idea of emptiness, is the same thing. Here he talks about this um, in his translation where he says, pouring out from its emptiness, uh, when, when the Tao's put into operation, this is the first stanza, uh, somehow there's nothing that it cannot fill that's inexhaustible when you pour from its emptiness. It's bottomless, but it is like all things, and all things come from it. It's, uh, uh, it's the pattern of all things. and That's the same as the second part of that, where it says about the infinite possibilities that uh, everything comes from the Tao. Mm -hmm. Now this next part was pretty interesting here where these are some characteristics of the Tao that in the first translation it says that it blunts blunts the sharpness, it makes things dull, uh, in it all sharpness is blunted is the way that this says. It unravels knots, another translation for that would be that it unravels complexity, it unravels complications. How could emptiness unravel a complication? You know, it looks like it would be the opposite, that the thing that we would need is a complex answer, not come at something from a point of surrender. You know, it doesn't make sense, right? It's paradoxical like all truth is paradoxical. Same kind of thinking. That's why when I come at a situation and I say, I am powerless over this. I have no idea what to do and just sit and wait and look for the answer just to show up. That's the way to find the solution. It always Why? shows up, doesn't it? It does, Marla. Not read every fucking self-help book on the shelf. No. <laughs> I know. You know, because it's not about learning the latest trick. No. Or the new formula that I've missed. Because I haven't missed anything. It's about unlearning. Yes, Marla, it is the unlearning. It is Un- the surrender. Yes. I like that word, talk about from the knots, the complication. Then the next phrase, um, soften the glare, another translation of that could be harmonizing the discord, the noise and fuss of daily life. Take it, it takes all the noise and makes it into a harmony, which makes a lot of sense to me, a lot more sense to soften the glare. Then I really like this one about merging, uh, uh, merging with the dust. Um, one of the translations says that is similar to letting your wheels move along the old ruts. Like the old trails had ruts where the wagons went. And all you had to do was get in the rut. You didn't have to steer. You didn't have to do anything. You just had to get in the rut and leave it alone and just let things go. (laughs) Is that not great? Well, that's kind of twofold. A
4: rut. A rut suggests you're like doing the same old, same old. Same old habit patterns you know, same old things, and yet staying in the rut also means uh, doing the same old things and staying on the right path. Is that what I'm understanding?
1: Yeah, well, in this situation, in this talking about ruts is a positive rather than a negative. This one's talking about when you're on the trail and you've got your wagon and you're riding on the trail, you just get in the ruts and, and let leave the wagon alone. You don't have to steer. You don't have to, you know, deal with it. You just let it go. Craig?
5: I think what it's mean is it, it can make life easy
1: following the, following the
5: same path. It's, it's like, um, it's like a, a fool goes away that other people haven't went before, and a wise man asks those that went before taking direction from people rather than just trying to forge your own way through it. Um, it's, it's like not resisting, not resisting the current, just basically going with, going with the flow. Life.
1: You know, is that not emptiness though? In, in <laughs> that's a description of emptiness. Yeah,
4: yep.
5: I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do my own thing. I'm not trying to get myself in the way of doing things because it doesn't need me there doing it. It's, it's already set out. The, the path's already laid. Let's let's walk it. There's no point in putting barriers in because we're just going to need to get over them.
4: I like that, Craig.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's been a while since I came up with something sensible. It has been, but you come up with some gems. Stay empty, Craig. Remember, stay empty now. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> then the last phrase there is talking about the quality of deep water, how it resembles something that continues forever, and these are all just descriptions of the Tao. Then, then the last phrase there that talks about that I do not know. Whose child it is, but uh, it appears that it existed before God. If you're coming at this from a Christian perspective, this could be a description of the Holy Spirit. If that yeah. was, if that was where you were coming from, uh, reminded me of uh, the creation uh, story that you know God breathed on the waters. Um, just this whole idea that. We don't have a clue as to how this works or what to do with it, nor do we have a clue in our daily life what is really best if we can learn to approach everything in this fashion of emptiness. Um,
2: I think one important part of it is that it says it's hidden but ever present. Like, I feel like that saying that it's already there. And you said this earlier, it's already there. It's already everywhere. It said it's everywhere, but it's already within us too. But we're just not noticing it always. You know, it's already there. We just have to pay attention to it.
1: Yeah, that reminds me that the solution is already there for us, Kate. We already have all the help that we need. Yeah. We don't have to do this alone. We don't have to, and it's inexhaustible, this help for us is inexhaustible if we just learn how to surrender, how to let go, all those different ways we say the same thing, you know, but it's all in the surrender. Now, how, how do we do this? Now, we don't know where it comes from. Uh, It's never used up, it's hidden, but always present, like you were talking about, Kate. It's never empty. Uh, you can never empty it. So it's always there's the source of all things, more than you'll ever need. So if it's there, if it'll take care of all complexity, if it'll take care of all sharpness, um, how do we access that? That's the whole question. You know, how how do we get there? Have y'all had an opportunity to Listen to the latest, uh, watch this now.
4: Yes, I have.
1: Yeah. Um, it was interesting. He was talking about the 47th, I think, chapter. And basically the whole idea is around learning to serve, learning to love was what uh, Dr. Totten talked about was how, um, how to access that. And and for me, that's where it begins. It it begins with the same powerlessness that I had to tap when I started getting relief from alcohol. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that was the first time that I can remember ever really feeling like I was empty Um, and started with honesty. Honesty was a tool I used to become empty. Comments? Honesty? Yes. Honesty, because until I learned to be honest and tell someone that I was an alcoholic, that I needed help, that was kind of the key that opened the door to my emptiness. Because until I was honest, honest with God, honest with a person, you know, as long as I held those secrets, I could not be empty. I think that's one reason why honesty is so important in recovery.
4: I think so, too. And meditation helped a lot, helps a lot. When, um, when I finally, I mean, meditation has been a practice for me. And when I finally learned how to so-called empty my mind, which is impossible, but let the honesty in and let the surrender in, um, I got much better at sobriety much better at recovery, I was able to access the importance of, of sobriety, you know, whereas before I just didn't care that much about, about it, and that's why I stayed using, does that make any sense?
1: Yes, and you know, when we, when we learn, you know, if this is the holidays, Thanksgiving's today, If we're having issue with our sobriety, the first thing I can do is be honest with another person that I'm having an issue. What do we tell sponsees? Call me. Call me. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because you need to be honest with another person. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Great.
5: Yeah. I see what you mean about getting the the honesty. Um, It's like just getting rid of all the bullshit that's going on in your head. It's like getting rid of getting rid of everything everything to do with me out uh, of my life, so I've got room for everybody. I can't do things um, if I don't have room for other people in my life. It's right. like having a it's like having a cluttered house. You don't have any room for any new furniture until you get rid of all the old stuff. Um, and I really need to I really, I need to be conscious of that as well because although I can be, you can actually fill yourself up with good intentions as well. Um, you can have all these all these goals that you're focusing on. I, I want to be able to do this. I want to achieve that. And again, you kind of you get yourself full in a positive way, but and you're still not leaving room for anybody else because that any anybody else's needs they can come into conflict with what you're you're looking to achieve. Uh, and you usually find that if I leave if I leave room for other people, then I tend to achieve my targets a lot quicker. But goals are not necessarily emptiness either. No no that's that's what I'm saying as long as I, yeah as long as I'm not just focusing solely on what I'm trying to achieve for myself I've got the room to help others achieve what they're looking for as well and then that that's achieving another goal for myself but I don't know I don't actually know I'm doing it until until I've done it you get you get the buddy warm and fuzzy about it because you know you've done something good for somebody
1: you know this is the thing Craig that's one of the great things about having a sponsor is that when you talk to a someone else about what's going on in your head, your great ideas, a lot of times when you put that light of someone else's experience on those, um, you see things in those that you didn't see before. Yeah. So that's one of the great benefits of of, of having a trusted advisor, a sponsor, someone that you can trust and confide in uh, that, that's been there before you.
5: It's like having that Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder. Do you know how Pinocchio had Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> it's, it's like having that well the, the Tom and Jerry cartoon where, where Jerry's got the he's got the red devil and he's got the white angel on each shoulder and the it's Just like that doing stuff and it's like having that sponsor saying, Do you know what? I would maybe not do it that way. Let's have another look at doing things. And it's be as it's about being open and receptive to other to other people as well.
4: Yes, that's true too. Open
2: Yeah, I think if I'm dishonest, I block myself off from other people because I think, you know, I'm already lying and I feel guilty about it and then I just want to kind of hide from everybody and I kind of block myself off. I think I block myself off from people and I block myself off from my higher power when I'm dishonest.
1: I I don't want yeah, it's like
2: a... There's an extra block there, like, uh, I'm lying, uh, uh, I'm going to stop talking to everybody and I'm going to, there's just like a barrier there between me and my higher power.
1: Stephen Mitchell, that line that talks about, it is older than God, you know, the final line of his translation, he says, there is no God when there's nothing but God. Yeah, that's his Zen zen, uh, zen quote for the day. When when it's all God, you know, and you know, it really is. You know, this is, for me, it's just more and more about learning the spiritual way of life. There's nothing in life that is better being full of buddy than being empty of buddy. I
3: can relate to that.
1: Oh, as being my friend, you can relate to that or you can re- relate to that personally?
3: I'm just going to say I can relate to that. <laughs> that made perfect sense to me. Me too. No, but, know you, know, you know, know. so, because I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around this as we're talking. Being empty, being full, being empty, being full. So there's this ebb and flow of being empty and being full. So like you said, being honest. So I share or I talk to my sponsor, whatever whatever the case may be. I'm being honest. Let's just say I'm being honest with my sponsor. Is that me emptying the cup? Yes. And so as I empty the cup, it fills with something else. Is that yeah. what happens immediately immediately fills with something else? what does it fill with
1: that leaves, in my my experience that leaves room for God to work in my life, similar okay. to um, the beatitude that talks about when we find when we're full of care, we find ourselves cared for mm. in other words, when we have care for other people, then we're cared for ourselves because when we in my experience When I show concern for someone other than myself, I make room for me to be cared for. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same kind of thing, you know. I think it works the same way. Reminded me of that acronym of ISM, I, self, me.
0: You know, Paul? Yeah, it all goes back to uh, setting aside the ego, doesn't it? And, uh, boy, I just think of my addiction, and I always thought I knew best. You know, even when I was in the depths of my addiction, it was only when I threw up my hands and said, I don't know anymore what's going on. That's when I found some true relief in that surrender. And I think that all ties in to what we're talking about here. Agreed.
1: You know, and really learning how to bring that idea of surrender into everything, not just our alcohol, because You know, the 12th step says that we learn to practice these principles in all our affairs. So the same way I surrendered to alcohol, how can I surrender with my marriage? How can I surrender in business? How can I surrender with the slow driver in front of me riding down the road? You know, how can I be powerless in all these other things, too, that aren't killing me? Because I had to come to the point of death and suicide to learn how to surrender with alcohol. Because Buddy wanted to be in charge that much. So if it was not something that was life-threatening, I would not have surrendered. There's no way in hell I would have ever surrendered. I think you're right. (laughs) I agree with that. If it were
4: not life-threatening, if I didn't have suicidal thoughts, I would have never stopped, never felt a need to stop.
1: So the same way I learned to stop, learned to surrender and be empty with alcohol, I can be empty with these other things in life that aren't life-threatening, and not have to come to the point of suicide. Mm. Hopefully, I mean, I'm learning how to do this in business without going broke first. Hopefully, that's yeah. what's going on.
0: I, I think we can make this an ongoing practice in everything. It's just a matter of yeah. degree, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly like, right, Paul. The guy cutting in front of you in, in the car isn't going to kill you. Well, he might. He might run you off the road, but he's you know, after it's happened, he's not going to, you know, it's not a life or death situation, but yeah, you're going to be a lot happier if you learn how to let all that stuff go.
1: Right. You're exactly right. Paul. So it's learning how to do that in everything else. That's what all of life for me seems to be about is, you know, and it's interesting too, when you finish reading this one, a lot of these, you know, like I said, you, you have some nugget at the end that, Oh, I can, if I do this, this can happen. He knows no, you know, you don't know anything more at the end than you knew at the first in this fourth one. Look at how it's read. It just, it ends with, I don't know who gave it. I don't know. He still doesn't know at the end of the verse, no more than he knew at the first of the verse, where this came, comes from. I thought that was interesting too. It's the whole idea that you're not going to figure this out. It's not about figuring anything out. It's about unlearning. Like you said, Marla, it is about not knowing. It's about being okay with that. Mm -hmm. Because used to, I, I think part of the, one of the things meditation really helped me with was being okay with being empty. Okay. With not knowing, not having the answers rather than feeling fear when I don't have the answer.
3: Yeah, that's good. No, really, it really all boils down to the practice. Like it all just seems to kind of come full circle to letting go. Yeah. So as as I let go, I empty the cup, and then it allows God's grace to fill it, or whatever it is. Like you, you could yeah. call it any you could call it anything. Something else fills it, but I feel different. Like I I, I had a s- certain level of maybe pressure or stress or or pain or suffering and so I recognize I must be holding on to something that doesn't serve me and as I yep. start to make my way towards releasing that there's this relief that comes in and it's replaced so I'm full, I'm empty, I'm full again but I'm full of something different
4: something different it's Practice. shifting the perspective
1: mm-hmm. you know so as we learn to be honest about what we're holding on to that we can't let go of then we can that honesty opens the door a lot of times that we can surrender things that we couldn't surrender prior uh that was big in my fourth step and my ninth step my fourth step with my higher power my ninth step with everyone else getting rid of the fear and the resentment and all those things um and then, uh, of course, I've learned that if I don't know what to do, I just go love somebody. I go do a kind act for someone, not with an agenda, not part of a formula. Oh, I need more money, so I'm going to go give some money. That way I'll have more. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no. It's not that. That's not how it works. No. My, my Christian friends. We were talking about this the other day, and they were talking about tithing. I said, "Well, tithing's Old Testament stuff." They said, "Well, that's what you know." I said, "No, I said it's all God's now, not just ten percent." They shut up real fast because <laughs> they didn't want it all to be God's. They just wanted to give God ten percent, and they kept the rest, right? Right. So I said, "No, it's all God's, and then you pray to figure out how much you need to keep." That's,
3: you make uh, you make you make lots of friends, don't you, buddy? <laughs> Man, I want to bring I want to have this guy over for Thanksgiving, so I can Take my inventory.
1: <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I mean,
3: we go back to that other statement.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. But you know, isn't that the goal though? Is to be free, no matter what it is that we're talking about, whether it's our money or whether it's. Uh, Our time, whatever it is that's got us bound, whatever we're consumed with, that's the place that we're not being empty with. Whatever's causing us angst, right? Whatever's causing us fear, whatever's causing us anger. A lot of times it's seen as anger, not fear. If I'm angry about something or I'm upset, then I can take a look and say, oh, what am I afraid of with this? You know, what am I, what am I not being, how am I not being empty? What am I holding on to?
4: I think, yeah, it's like this Thanksgiving meal that I, for some reason, have so much anxiety about. It's related to the old stuff. I'm not, I'm not letting go of what's happening now. It's, I'm remembering old family meals, you know, and I get together with my family all the time. I just don't. Why, why this particular holiday brings up so much anxiety. And, you know, I, I recall, as I was telling Buddy earlier, I used to spend all day Thanksgiving drinking. So by the time we got to the dinner, I'd have to call it off and, you know, call my family and go, hey, I'm sick. You know, use that excuse. Um, or, Or just even when I was at the meal, I would... Go into a, another bedroom or something and hide, you know. And now I'm just out in the open. It, it's it, I don't know for some reason there's just anxiety about it. I don't. I'm, I'm I got to examine it a little bit.
1: Hey Empty. Craig, hey Craig, is it Thanksgiving today in Ireland? It's not, is it? Just another day, right? Yeah, it's the same in Scotland as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I didn't say England, right?
5: That was like James, James F. Z from the SRC. He texts me, say, "Is it snowing in Australia?" Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Marla's just another day, you know. It's, it's just, just another, another day. Just and
4: little... yeah, one thing. One thing I heard at a meeting years ago was. Um, you're not the family. You're, you're just part of the family. Right. You know, you're not, you're not it. You're just part of it. So that kind of right-sized me a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, and then <laughs> if, I, if I start getting anxious, if I can make whatever's going on about someone other than myself, because if I'm anxious, I'm making it all about me. Yeah. Because if I, I can't right. love others and be anxious at the same time, <laughs> I can't do both. At once. Um, if I'm thinking of me, I'm not thinking of you, and if I'm thinking of you, I'm not thinking of me. Right. <laughs> oh. Tina, you have something?
6: Um, yeah, and and also with Thanksgiving, when I start to get anxiety because I'm not drinking, um, I've been there many times, um, and it. I don't want to say it ever goes away. It just changes. And, and so what I have to do is, is tell myself what are my motivations for being there, and it's to be a good family member, to be a, that memorable aunt yes. that I had when I was little. Um, so I always, when I, when I like, shake my head and think about, start to think about, oh, you know, the, all the anxieties, I'm like, I'm going to go play with the kids and be, you know, what can I do? And I love when Buddy says, who can I love? Because I try to say, well, who can I help? What can I help clean up? What can I um, you know, all of these things and, um, while I, I'm getting mixed up on it, but where, what meeting I heard, who's nice, someone someone's to make sure your table is safe. The sorality. Yes. That, you know, um, while, while doing that, but you know, your table is pretty safe when you're with kids. And that's one thing that I, I always remember that, you know, I, I can love them, um, because I have that, too. And when we were talking about ruts, when Marla was talking about ruts at the beginning, um, that's something I was trying to explain to a friend this week how, and it's just been like the theme of my week, how one of my doctors in in rehab told me that when I had a problem, my brain was wired to drink or escape. And he said, physically, there is a rut in your brain that says, go there. Go... Shopping, go do like panic, go, panic, go. And he said there's a physical rut worn in your brain. Uh, you know, if you were to dissect your brain, like, like you know, deep down it, it's worn out, and we want you to berp, stop right there and then make a new rut, which is hard to do. You know, it's easy to just go with the flow when you've trained your brain to do those things in 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 addiction. And <clears throat> I look at it as that's my will, my ego getting in the way. And but I lived that way for so long that it that was the easy way. Yep. And so now trying to to change my way of thinking and not my will. Um and then just put my it's like Jesus take the wheel. In that song, you know, that's the first thing that came up when you guys were talking about, you know, you just take your hands off the wheel and be like, I don't have this. And that's like my new rut. That's my new way of thinking. And that's a hard one to do when my will is sitting there and my ego and I'm getting in my own way and I'm, I have all these things, preconceived notions um, and when I use my ego and my will, I'm shutting myself off from the sunlight of the spirit, like what Kate was talking about, that I'm, like, blocking, you know, whenever I'm in my own way. And it's so hard to unlearn for me that path that I made for myself for yep. drinking or just being me for my whole life for 43 years because <laughs> I, you know, this very my own way. And I still, that's how I still am. But it's really hard to go to not go with that natural flow and try to go with the flow of the new way I'm thinking, which is remove everything, which is what this is saying to me. And a lot of what the Tao says is just there's the knowing and not knowing. And that's so comforting to me because then the pressure's off that I have to know. I hear you, sister.
4: <laughs> it's really hard to change the, the habit patterns in our brains. Yeah. But in recovery... All, you know, it, it, all, I, all I did before was um, try to change the neuroplasticity, changing the habit patterns of your brain. It takes time to do that, and they, that's why they say progress, not perfection. Um, and one of my yoga teachers was talking about trying to reach perfection, is once you reach it, there's no room for expanding or changing. So don't even try to reach for perfection. Just, just keep, you just keep working at it, progressing.
6: No perfection. And there is no perfection. So that's, there is no perfection. we have to remind ourselves, I have to remind myself that, that you know, I'm never going right. to be perfect. Well, there's no such thing.
4: Right. And as Cindy says, she's never going to get it. You know, I, she, she's not going to always, hey, I got this. She doesn't always got this and she's okay with that. I really like that
1: one too, Paul. You have something, sir?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, instead of the word rut, I prefer routine, because there are unhealthy routines which I consider ruts, and there are healthy routines which I consider a good thing. Yeah. And it's just rewiring our brains to uh, start on those healthy routines. I know for in my case, like going for a walk every day, I had to really push myself in the beginning to yep. go for that walk every day. Cause there's some days I don't feel like doing it, but I find once I push through and uh, get myself to do it, that it, it always works. You know, it always empties my mind. It's my meditation. So it always gets me in a good frame of mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the daily gratitude comes in too. Uh, it took me a little while to get that practice down, but boy, that's talk about a game changer. That's really been, been it for me. So um It's just, yeah, it's just rewiring the brain, like Tina said, you know, trying to get out of those unhealthy habits and develop healthy ones. And I think that's really what recovery is all about for me.
1: Totally, totally. Tina, I liked what you were saying about the pressure to have to know. And, you know, it takes a level of surrender to get to the point to where we're okay with that, that we give, we let go enough to where it's okay if I don't know in this moment that we have to have this level of trust that things are going to work out like they're supposed to without me trying to control things I can't control because I kept continually trying to control things I could not control thinking that it was up to me to control everything and that's what was causing a lot of this stress and, and not being empty in anything so, there was no room for me to receive any help of any kind. So that's good that pressure to have to know you know a lot of these spiritual I was thinking about that idea of moving from having uh what is it having doing being that being's the last one in the mm-hmm. in the transformation <coughs> and that being is not knowing it's being <laughs> you don't move to knowing you move to being. <laughs> That's different from knowing. You see what I'm saying? You know, that's an emptiness. Yeah. Being is an emptiness, is an aspect yeah. of emptiness. You're, you just are.
4: We're all human doings rather than human beings.
1: Yes. You know? Do, 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 do. hmm mm-hmm. Do, do. That's what we get, isn't it? Um,
4: A bunch of doo-doo?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm like, is that what we get?
4: yeah,
3: a bunch,
0: of yeah. Bunch of a
1: bunch of shit. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneak <laughs> up was, everything. Was, That's when all waiting, the pain comes I
0: waiting, in. I was waiting for Marla to say that. <laughs> I was going, come on, keep going. do do.
4: Yeah.
1: The whole idea is surrender, guys. That's what this I think is a description of surrender and the benefits of that. So Uh, We have areas of our life that are still giving us angst, that are still sharp, that are still too complex, that are giving us, you know, that we can't get in the flow with, that we're still bumping around and, you know, bouncing around, and it just seems chaotic. Let's look at ways that we're not being empty, ways that we need to surrender, ways to be powerless. Any comments?
4: No, I'm going to starve myself today, so I'll have... I'll be empty for the Thanksgiving meal.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. Isn't it? (laughs) Create emptiness.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, are there any comments, guys? If not, we'll close. Y'all good? Everyone good for today? Okay. Well, you guys have a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week.